One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, hi, and welcome. I am your host, Emma Gunnar-Wardner, and in my nearly 20-year career as a beauty and health writer, I have interviewed a lot of people, supermodels, entrepreneurs, authors, celebrities, and doctors, and many of these conversations had a real impact on me, and I'd come away feeling inspired, excited, informed, and really empowered, and at the back of my mind, I'd always think, I wish I could just publish the tape so people could really feel that conversation. Well, on this podcast, you get to feel the conversation. I talk with experts, guests, and a few friends who I hope will inspire, inform, and empower you, and maybe also challenge you, whether you're looking for self-help, self-improvement, beauty advice, health insights, business know-how, or just some good old-fashioned life advice and a bit of a laugh. It's all here. Welcome to the show. My guest in this episode of the podcast is presenter and voiceover artist Katie Pullinger. Katie and I actually met a few years ago when I used to do guest presenting on QVC. I used to go on and talk about various beauty brands. And well, we've been in touch ever since. Katie is honestly one of the easiest people to be around. She's great to work with. And I asked her on the podcast because I wanted to unpick how she's able to read and then get the best out of people in the pressure cooker environment of live TV. It's a unique skill and I knew that she would have some fascinating insight and indeed she does. And it isn't just a skill that you need for live TV. It's obviously very helpful, but it's a transferable skill for any professional or social setting, I thought, which is why I thought she would be interesting to talk to on the show. So in this episode, we talk about how she got into presenting in the first place, how she's adapted to be able to work with anyone, whether that's the quietest, seemingly most unconfident person or the loudest, most vivacious one. We also discuss taking on too much and how to carve out time for yourself, or perhaps more importantly, how to give yourself permission to take some time for you and so, so much more. Katie is honestly a joy to talk to. And even though a lot of what she has learned has been under the spotlight and pressure of live television, I do think the skills that she shares in this episode are applicable to a professional setting, a social exchange, whatever it might be. This episode was recorded by the internet, the internet, the internet, which is the, which is the responsible thing to do at the moment, given the current lockdown and social distancing measures in place. So please forgive a sound quality that might not be up to the standard you are used to on the Emma Gunn show. In this case, uh, the episode got to about 20 minutes in and then we got cut off, but you'll see how we managed there, how we managed that when you get there, when you get to 20 minutes and you'll see how we decided to, uh, to navigate that. The links to Katie and everything we discuss are in the show notes, but without any further ado, please do join me in welcoming Katie Pullinger onto The Emma Gunn Show. (music) 
Katie Pullinger, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very excited to be doing your podcast. Long time listener, first time caller. (laughs) (laughs) It's so, A, it's lovely to see you, but B, this is also kind of not, this is not unfamiliar unfamiliar territory because you and I have done TV together. (laughs) <laughs> yes it was a long time ago and it I, was I'm sorry you're not still doing it it would be great to still have you at QVC want to come back <laughs> I used to have such a ball I used to have such a ball at QVC I really did it's such a fun place to work and it's it's so just random and different every day and I, do, I really really love my job and I think it's really nice to be able to say that that I actually skip out the door more so at the moment because it means I get to leave behind the homeschooling and, and <laughs> yeah. run, run out the door to work with my husband yeah. looking at me going enjoy your holiday <laughs> <laughs> it really is it's a lovely place and I, I as I've said before in this podcast I've made some really firm friendships mm. in the green rooms at QVC, like uh, Abby Cleave, Alison Young, Adele. Uh, listeners, you won't know who Adele is. I've talked about her on my IGTV, but Mally is somebody I met backstage yeah. at uh, QVC, who's obviously been on this podcast a couple of times. So I wanted to speak to you because I think there's some really interesting things to learn from you about making people feel comfortable and getting the best out of people in difficult situations because live TV yeah. is a crucible. It, there is so many factors at work, um, which is what the people at home don't see or more importantly hear, because we've got, as a, from a presenting point of view, we've got cameras everywhere. So we've got three or four main cameras, then you've got overhead cameras and you've got ones that move. You've got ones doing your close up, ones doing your, your wide, your, you know, your guest. You've got floor managers bringing on product. You're talking to a guest who you're really trying to listen to everything that they say, but you've also got a director and a producer in your ear um, and you're hearing all of that at the same time. So it's an assault on the senses. It, it uh-huh. really is. And it is a, it's, it's a very strange skill and not one that... I guess that many people have to, to have to put up with even the likes of you know Holly and Phil that they won't be I, I assume they probably haven't got as much going on in their ear I expect it's a bit more pick and choosy what they're being told so that they yeah. can, can concentrate for um, our international listeners Holly and Phil are the uh, hosts of a prime time magazine daytime show over here in the UK called This Morning oh of course but, yeah um in addition to that and we will come on to all of that shortly you also say that this is your dream job, which I think is fascinating because I love any story of anybody who has found themselves in a position where they can say, I love what I do and I enjoy what I do. And so I'd really like to sort of go right back to the beginning. Oh God! Now okay. you're like one of the biggest faces on shopping TV in the UK. Very sweet of you to say, amongst the others. <laughs> you have oh, there are brilliant people at QVC. You yeah. know that I have it. I, I mean, we've already been on the phone for forty-five minutes, just like me fangirling <laughs> at all of like Jill and Catherine Huntley, who was yeah. just. That is somebody who I could watch for hours just she's a, because she's got the most melodic way of moving and talking. She's got this really calming voice and she's she's like a Disney princess, isn't yes, she? Yes, she is. She should lo- be. I think she wakes up and little birds are, you know, tweeting and opening the curtain. <laughs> she's got that, that lovely, lovely way about her. Um, no, I'm very lucky for the people that I work with because I do have a, a, a lot of a lot of time for all of them. But it's, it, I mean, it's by no means where I expected to be. 
Um, and what's weird, because we were just talking about my mum, weren't we, before we started yeah, this recording. Yeah. And my mum, who's a journalist, actually went to America to cover the launch of QVC America you know, with which is such a weird wow. circle to come back to. We dug out the clipping recently. We found it. And it was such a funny thing to think, God, her, you know, she had no idea that obviously her daughter would in the future, do, you know, work on the QVC in the UK or that it was actually ever going to become such a big thing. Um, because it was and it was funny reading the article just of them all trying to get their heads around the fact that people were going to be shopping from the television it was such mm. a strange new concept um but I mean my, my background when I first started I didn't know what I wanted to do coming out of school I knew I knew I didn't want to go to university you know I actually said to my parents I will I it will be a complete waste of your money if I go to uni I will party it up for three years and I probably won't come out <laughs> the other end with a degree <laughs> god love you for being so honest <laughs> So I, I I knew I probably wanted to go into sort of TV or media. I didn't know where. Was, was I going to go into acting? Was I going to be a singer? Was I going to be, you know, presenting wasn't perhaps first on my on my agenda. I, I'm trying to think what I did first. Oh, I went to, I worked in TV production. So I worked at a small production company in, in London. And I just kind of jumped about from there. I, I met um, a guy called Peter Powell, who was behind uh, James... Grant and he was backing a film and he said did I want to audition for it so I did so I went and did a film and you know it was it was all very odd I I went from I thought oh okay I quite like that that was that was fun um but my mum bless her did say look you you can't just sort of bum about from from one thing to another what do you want to do and I I was at this point really thinking also about singing because you know I could sing so I went to, I ended up going to the Academy of Contemporary Music in Guildford and trained as a singer. And I, you know, at the time though, it was all about girl bands. It was all about Britney Spears. It was low slung jeans and crappy pop tunes. <laughs> and, you know, I came out of there just going into these awful auditions. You know, I wanted to be Cheryl Crow, but you know, I oh, who didn't? Well, he didn't. But I couldn't play the guitar, so like <laughs> it was, that was a definite dream. So, um, you know, after I'm trying to, I'm trying to, because I've cut a long story short. But um, at, at one point, I thought, do, you know, is this really right for me? And a friend said, "Look, I'm going to audition for Pop Idol. Do you, are you going to do it with me?" And I was really unsure. It was the second pop idol. So we'd only had, I think we'd had pop stars, the rivals, and we'd had the Will Young year. And I was like, okay, fine. This is going to be my last stab at this. So I went and did it. And the, both of us kept getting through to the next round. We, we weren't singing together. We were separate, but we were getting through and we were getting through. And I found myself in the final 50. And that meant you were doing these weekly um they, they put us into heats of 10 and this was for ITV2 and Kate Thornton was the presenter of the of the extra show and during that week I became way more interested in what Kate Thornton was doing than what I was doing and I did it you know I didn't get through to the main bit and while everyone else was sitting there in tears I was just having a way of a time with going, this is great. The TV studios are amazing. This buzz is amazing. And I want to do what Kate does. So I went and I did a, a like a, like one of these, 
you know, you pay for it and go and do a course and at the end of it you come out with a showreel. And I sent it off and and I got myself a job at <laughs> this really bonkers shopping TV channel called Bid TV. And um <laughs> it was and it was an absolute baptism of fire. So that that was it. So that was my that's me jumping from I know leaving school to my early twenties and and found myself yeah, doing three hours of live TV every day. Do you think, because this is something I think about a lot when I think about the career path that I ended up on, Mm. I feel like on some level, I always knew that I wanted to be doing what I'm doing. Yeah. But A, I didn't know what it looked like or didn't even really know that it existed. Mm. And I certainly didn't know how to get there. So for me, there was like, there were years when I look back and think I probably seemed quite lost because I knew that I wanted to get somewhere, but I wasn't sure if it existed. I know exactly what you're talking about. And and that's the weird thing is that in the end, QVC has become that little bit of everything that that I had done along the way. Um, you know, not that we're, we're acting, but, you know, acting comes into it to a certain degree because it's a performance. Um, speaking, public speaking, you know, um, just generally projecting all of that um just confidence from singing um just the love of the love of entertainment the love of talking and interviewing with people and shopping <laughs> to, be able to, bring, to be able to bring shopping into into a job I mean it's it's crazy but like you say we've kind of found ourselves in a place where that job exists which we're I guess very very lucky, lucky how how significant do you think it was growing up in a household where you had, I mean, let's not sort of underestimate this or undersell it. Your mum's job was, was really significant. You know, she was a, a features editor, a, an editor of, was it the Press Gazette? Columnist, yeah, she was columnist yeah. on the Express. Um, that was- and as somebody who didn't grow up in a media family, I know a lot of people who do those jobs. Yeah. And as soon as you started telling me that, I thought wow, I can't imagine what it must be like to go out with a parent who's doing those jobs because it's frenetic It's and you have to be on your ga- A game the whole time. Absolutely. It's really high pressure. And, you know, especially because my mum, when she was um, a journalist and she's she's retired now, she still does bits and bobs, but um, she was Fleet Street. She was old school Fleet Street and she was a woman on Fleet Street. So you had to be tough as tungsten, you know, the thickest skin, you had to fight for your your spot and you had to be good and you had to be able to give it all the hours as well. And, you know, so we did have au pairs, we did have nannies. And um, as we got older, we did go to boarding school, none of which did I ever feel like I missed out on my mother or, or my dad, um, who was also very successful in the military too. So I had army plus <laughs> ball busting journalist wow <laughs> um so we did you know both of who now have OBEs I mean it's like okay we've got quite a lot to live up to <laughs> you know my sister's now a TV producer at an incredible um production company called Sister you know they make Chernobyl they made Chernobyl and things like that so she didn't but you know that that's the kind of level that that production house makes so we've both clearly taken on that um the work ethic drive I certainly didn't have the same whatever it is that you need to be a journalist though I am 
I remember my mum, we had that discussion and funnily enough, there was a job that had come up at, do you remember like the 3am girls and the bitches? Yes, Jessica, Eva, I forget them now, but yes, oh my gosh. So so there was a spot on the bitches, which I can't remember which uh, which paper it was for. And that was probably the star. Yeah, it was probably, yeah. Yeah. And um, she she said, "Do, do you want what do you think? Do you, do you want to go that route? You know, I was really good. I was good at English. I was a good writer and all that kind of thing. Um, so we were going to get, I was going to go in for this interview. And the moment we set the ball rolling, my mum and I both had a really sleepless night. And the next morning we both sort of came in together and almost at the same time went, I don't think this is right for you. I don't think this is right for me. Um, because she'd said like, okay, you've got some high profile friends. Um, you're in a, you're in a club you see one of them doing something, you know, that, that perhaps they shouldn't be doing, what do you do? And my immediate reaction was, well, was nothing. I would, there's, I would not, I wouldn't do that. I'm not going to take the secret photo. And I'm certainly not that kind of person that can talk my way into a party I'm not invited to. You know, all of those <laughs> things that you have to do. You've probably done it yourself, Emma. No, no? I'm terrible at it. <laughs> I'm terrible at it. Are you like hiding under Nadine Baggett's coat, just going, I'll just sneak yeah. it behind you? The great thing about having a friend like Nadine is she's a good foot taller than me when she wears her <laughs> designer shoes. And I can just sidle in and sort of hide behind whatever big designer handbag she's carrying. Yes, just get in it. <laughs> So yeah, you know, it, it's it certainly it certainly influenced me. It certainly um, showed me also that women can work, and you know, we are still of a generation where a lot of our mums perhaps did put aside dreams to to have kids, and a lot yeah. of women still do that now. But the great thing is now we really have the choice. You can choose to say yes, I want to be you know, a, a stay-at-home mum, and that's fantastic. That in mm. itself I personally see as a as a job. I see it as a career as well as, you know, because raising kids, my God, it's it's tough. Um, and But one of the things I think I knew, one of the things I've taken, though, from it, I think, again, from having a mum that was maybe travelling all around the world, was that the job I wanted to have, I wanted to still have a good home-life balance, and that is what I've managed to get with QVC. I work three days a week, most weeks, so... I am home for school pickups a lot of the time. I am able to to be able to say to our, our planner, you know, it's my daughter's sports day that day. I need to be there. Whereas for my mum, she would take in a second coat on, say, sports day and put it on the back of her chair, take her bag, jump in her car, vomit to our school sports day, um, run in the mother's race, jump back in her car, get back into London before anyone had realised she'd actually gone. Because you couldn't go to your boss and say, yeah. can I go to my, to my daughter's sports day? The guys could. Some of yeah. the guys could, they could. And everyone would go, oh, isn't that wonderful? But what a great dad. <laughs> what a great dad. But if the women did it, it was, oh, well, that's what that's what you get when you employ employ women with kids mm. um so in that respect you know that generation has been able to, to to trailblaze that for for ours for our generation i know we've still got a long way to go on that but um mm-hmm. i definitely feel like i i have found a decent work-life balance and so, so yeah. what do you think if you plot that back because you talked about learning work ethic and drive a military father and a media mother yeah how did can you think about things that maybe you did differently 
at a younger age from your friends, maybe because of that upbringing that, that you realize now, maybe at the time uh, you thought what made you a bit boring. <laughs> I might be projecting onto you here from my own childhood, but you realize now we're actually really important foundation blocks for you to have the success that you have now. Yes, I think you know my parents, they weren't strict, but when I look back and think about, you know, I didn't, the last thing that I would ever want to do would have been to be in trouble with them mm. or I mean because they they weren't scary I mean I know a lot of my friends were quite scared of my mum more <laughs> than my dad um because she can I'll tell you what she can give you a, a look that will <laughs> that will take you down um so you know we, we did have curfews you know we didn't we didn't go and hang out in the park and drink diamond white we we that was just a no chance don't don't even don't even bother you know of course there are a few times that we managed to do that kind of thing and you know often got caught and then we were in (laughs) absolute you know what um so I think in that respect I don't know it made me have a really strong um I guess ethics of, of what is right and wrong um what you have to do to to just I don't know I guess to stay on the right track and and know that you've got to really put yourself you've got to put yourself out there you've got to work hard I'm trying to think if there's anything really specific that that I haven't realized mm-hmm. maybe if I had a therapist Emma I'll go oh my god I hadn't realized what that had done done to me <laughs> Well, because I suppose from my perspective, I didn't have any contacts in the media growing up, right. but I knew that's where I wanted to be. Mm. And so, so I do sort of look back and, and think, gosh, it really was fluke and chance that I got into magazines. Yeah. And I think that's something that I do really want to make a point of is that I am very aware of the privilege that I had in terms of, like you say, contacts Um the fact that I had a supportive family that were within the the M25. And that is a huge thing when it comes to trying to get into TV, because it is, it's one of those areas. And I'm sure, I'm sure you'll have seen it within, within media in general as well. It can be a very white middle-class during the last few years. And there are a lot more, I know, um, uh, not necessarily charities, but um, foundations that can help people from say outside of London to to get into into TV and have have support because there's a lot. To, I mean, I would say when I worked in in TV production, I was paid 150 pounds a week to basically be the you know the the grunt to be the runner to do everything, and you've got to be able to afford to do that. You know, I had I wasn't paying rent at home. I had to look back and realize how incredibly lucky I was to have that. Um, to point me in the right direction. Having said that, the, the things that I've done in terms of, say, getting into to TV and and QVC have yeah. are, are all you know I got through the door on my own back. None of those were because my mum knew somebody. Um, so I can look at that and think actually that was because I did a great uh, show reel. I I got those tapes and and I marched them to every place that I could get them into and maybe that again was my mum behind me going no you have to do this I'm not going to do this for you you have to go and do this if you want this okay so listeners just being really honest with you we had a little bit of a technical issue and it was on a Friday afternoon so we decided to take the weekend (laughs) 
<laughs> and then come back. But Katie's here. <laughs> I am here. I am back. And we are all sorted. And all, all our internet and everything is fantastic. I know. <laughs> and awesome to see you as, as ever. I know. I um, get to have another chat with you on another day. It's lovely. I know. And I've already discovered that chatting with you, it, we could be the people that are told off at the back of the class at school. Very <laughs> I wouldn't <easily>. stop. <laughs> Because it doesn't take much. We've been on the phone for about 15 minutes. We've been on this call for about 15 minutes. We've covered Brexit, Scientology, <laughs> like just all in quite a lot of detail for not um, for not very long on the phone. So, yes. Exactly. I was that child at the back of the classroom, by the way, that got moved to the front every damn time. So, uh, yeah, it was would she, you know, I, I was definitely the would she please stop talking on her reports uh, <laughs> sentence, which... Which I guess put me in good stead because it's the job that I went into. It so is, isn't it? So, having had the conversation that we had on Friday, that obviously listeners you've just heard, we, I, what I really wanted to unpick with Katie was really, I guess, the sort of umbrella of it is understanding people mm. and understanding how to get the best out of them. Because by Jiminy, if a QVC presenter doesn't have to really understand how to get the best out of their guest which means understanding lots of different personality types. Yeah, then sometimes quite quickly. Yeah, because as you said, when we spoke before, you know, there's there's lights, there's producers in your ear, there's, you have to have a knowledge of the product as well that you might have only met, you know, not that much before going well, this, live. With this is it. I mean, there's plenty of brands that we've been doing for years now and you can do it standing on your head. And um, however, that brand might bring in a new guest and you've got to that now, you know, you know what you know about the brand, but you need to make sure that you get out of them what you want them to tell you. And, you know, it is all about asking the right questions. But, you know, if you take it back to actually, say, the audition room when you're auditioning guests, that's, that's where you see immediately, I think within a few minutes, you know whether they're going to pass or not. And yeah. you've you've met Tina, haven't you? Tina's yeah. our head of our head of guests, and she is brilliant. And she's dealing with thousands and thousands of different guests. And I think you know, pr pretty sure she knows for again, probably by the first handshake whether they're going to be any good. And you know, sometimes you you know, we'll have to say on a Friday before, obviously before all this happened, we would have a full day of auditions, and one of the presenting um, presenters would be booked for that day. And it is an exhausting day because you have got to give everything you've got to get the best out of all these people who are mostly just petrified. They're, they're all super, super nervous. And even the ones that come in that seem super sure of themselves, you know, I've, I've seen, for example, a few kind of Jack the Lads that come in. They're all like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I've been doing sales for, for years. You know, I can do this standing on my head. And I and, and in your head, you're thinking, right, mate, OK, let's just see how you do I already it. Know you're stand on you. I already know you're talking electronics. <laughs> <laughs> and it is amazing how you know, that they are often actually the ones that do fall apart in front of a camera. It is a completely different medium. You could be a public speaker. You can be someone that gets up and, and talks in front of an entire room and, and you know, do it standing on your head, life and soul of the party. The moment someone says, in three, two, one, go, they suddenly freeze. They can't remember any of their um, information. 
that even, you know, we're talking about someone that's known their brand inside out for years and you ask them their first question and they look at you like, I've just asked them how to, I don't know, tell me the breakdown of DNA. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you can see the fear and the eyes go wide. And <laughs> so before we even get to that stage, I will always try and just have a really nice friendly chat. I don't even talk about their, their product at first. So while directors and producers and Tina and everyone is doing their thing, I will start with the, oh, so how far have you had to come today? You know, what do you do? And, you know, how long have you been with the company? And all those sorts of things. And just try and get them to relax a little bit. And then I'll do my own little aside with them out of earshot of everyone else and just go, listen, you know, this is going to be just the most casual chat. Just imagine you're having a chat with with your best mate on the phone and um, or face to face, you know, having a cup of tea. It's not hard sell because, as you know, QVC is not about that. They want it to be that nice little chat that everyone could be having anywhere, really, over the garden fence. And they, you know, and I th- you can see them relax a little bit. And I'll always just say to them for what, also to try and slow down, smile. And I'll say to them, listen, you're smiling to me right now. You need to smile twice as much because the camera will wash that out completely. So what you think is a a smiley, happy, laughy face is actually quite a, I don't know, nondescript expression. It's bizarre what the camera does. And, you know, it it does get completely diluted. And they forget that immediately. I mean, every time. (laughs) I I tell them every single time, smile, slow down, and straight away they're out the gates and they're, they're hardly smiling at all. And sometimes I'll do like a little hand gesture. And I know you guys can't see this at home. Um, Just to, I'll just, I've got my hand up in the air and I'm just kind of bringing it down a little bit. You know, like that annoying movement that Ross does in Friends. Do you remember? I was about to say, there is a Friends (laughs) reference for everything. It's when Ross is going, guys. It's not not so patronizing. I'll do it low. I'll do it low (laughs) down. So it's out of, you know, off camera. And I'll just kind of go, okay. Um, and sometimes they see it, sometimes they don't, because like we said, there's so much to take in. And as soon as nerves take over, that's it. The other thing as well is that I will say to them, listen, if your hands, if your hands start shaking, put the product down on the table, hold it down because it'll, it'll shake far less. And I've gone to air with people that passed their audition and still at that stage, and God bless them, you know, you're you're on air thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do? How do I help this person? Because you're live. There's not a huge amount you can do. Um, and at that point, you do have to take the bull by the horns a little bit and take you have to take it back from them. And it's not that you want to take the, the cell away from them, and but you do have to know enough about the product that you can try and and relay the information about it and you can see them looking at you the relief in their mm-hmm. face kind of going thank you thank you thank you <laughs> but you know Emma as well it's gone in a flash it you'll have an eight minute segment and that person will be thinking how on earth am I going to fill eight minutes talking about this and they, re- they it finishes and they realize they didn't even scratch the surface of what they wanted to say and a lot of them kick themselves then. And, yeah. you know, sometimes we've got to then rush off to another 
another guest across the studio and you don't have a huge amount of time to make them feel better but yeah to debrief you don't you know and but I always give as much positivity to that person as possible afterwards during I'm smiling like a you know a Cheshire cat cat (laughs) at them just to try and make them feel comfortable and confident I'll compliment them as well before and you know not a not a fake compliment you know I will find something genuine to say to them to hopefully make them feel good because I think if you're not feeling good going on telly is the last place you want to want to be and Mm. you don't know what someone's gone through that day they could have had a an absolute I don't know their cats got run over and sometimes they might start spilling about that sort of thing in in prep before and, and you can see that they're in a bit of a a mess and again, you've just got to do everything you can to, you know, again, before social distancing, even hold their hand. I mean, literally and figuratively. Mm. And it's a, we have to give a lot of energy as presenters because, you know, we, I know you've talked about things like this on your, on your podcast about like mood hoovers and people that, that take it from you. We've got to willingly give it. You know, we've got to, no matter what's going on in our day, we've got to give that person our energy mm. to get the best out of them. And so it is draining. You you know, my poor husband, I'll get home sometimes and he might have just been with the kids all day or he's been at work and he's desperate to, to talk and download <laughs> the day. And I, I don't want to talk to anyone. You know, I've talked all day. I've given everything to everyone else. I've had people talking in my ear all day. And it, it's quite hard to then find more to, to, yeah. to give at home too. It's sensory overload. So I yeah. think hopefully listeners, what you realise is, is that a lot of what Katie is sharing isn't just applicable to shopping tv no. obviously this is not a podcast aimed at people who go <laughs> on shopping tv but, but really it's it's interesting what you say about well there are lots of things I want to unpick about uh, a lot of what you've just gone over but I think the thing for me and I think a, a lot of people listening to the show might uh, think about too is that they want to get the best out of other people whether they're managing somebody whether it's a friendship a relationship or what have you and I had Lorna Lux on the podcast recently who I have such a lot of time for and she was cabin crew and she said I would always meet them at their level and it's the one thing I wish I had said to her what do you mean by that because I I was trying to sort of I couldn't understand what she meant by when I really unpicked it and I think that's what you're quite good at. You can sort of meet, see where they are, mm. see where then you need to be to help them. Is that? I I know. I think I know what she's saying. And yeah, you you've got to be able to try and find something to connect with that person over. And you know, we will have people from all walks of life. So you know, I don't want to go into a situation like that. Um, making them feel inferior in any way so in the same way I would hope a boss or a manager would want to make their their team feel like the respect is on the same level I don't I'm not going to waltz in the going I'm the presenter and you're the guest and I'm more important than you you know because it's not like that at all we are you know at that moment on air as important as each other as are everyone in my ear as are everyone on the floor it is a full team effort. And if one person is acting like, you know, 
Charlie Big Bananas. You know, you it just doesn't it doesn't work. It doesn't yeah. work. And sometimes you are meeting a big ego. And we you know, we've we've had some some egos in our studios in our time. And sometimes you do have to do a little bit of hair stroking as well. And if if they if they need their ego stroked, I'll do that. You know, and and, and that, I think it might sound like a bad thing, but you know, just again, make them feel good because that's what they need to to feel. Um, Have you ever had someone where you've seen them backstage? You've had the little pre going on air chat, and you thought, mm. "Yeah, I've got the measure of this person," and then boom, they're live, and it's the complete polar opposite of what they present. Definitely, and or probably more the other way around. Somebody you might meet, and you think, "Oh my goodness, this is going to be really." really hard and then they go on air and then they're a different person and then their light goes on some people the studio and the the cameras do it for them and of course we've got a lot of people who've got performance backgrounds you know we've got celebrities who are used to having to turn that light on and sometimes they they don't want to chat before and they don't want to give you prep time and that's just you know you've got to deal with that and um, it's not it's not the ideal situation for you, but you've got to be able to still uh, just smile and keep going. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to think a bit more about what you said, what Lorna said um, about meeting them. At the, we'll say meeting them at their level. Yeah, because I, I'm sort of thinking about when we were talking, I was thinking about conflict because at the time she was talking about being cabin crew and how people could be a little bit yeah. sometimes, you know, spiky. They, yeah, spiky is yeah. a great word. And I thought, well, you can't meet spikiness with spikiness because then it kicks off. Yeah. <laughs> At least, you know. Um, oh, but then all, also. Always give with love, like back, because who can fight that? You can't. If someone's being difficult, they are the only one that's going to look gif- difficult if you carry on being polite, smile on your face. You know, they, it, I think it's unnerving to the person that's trying to be spiky. Because some people mm. will be purposefully difficult in life, and I don't—I don't mean necessarily in my work. People, pe- some people just want to undermine you. They want to pull the rug out from underneath you, and you know, and I definitely got a little bit of that when I first started, because I was the newbie, and yeah. you think, do, do, are they? You know, that guest has maybe been there for years, and you know, that's my own personal issue to get over. Because I'm thinking, oh my god, are they judging me? I mean, I remember I said to you the other day, didn't I, when I first worked with you? I think we only ever got to be on air once, once. Um, yeah. But I remember thinking, oh my god, she's a beauty expert, and and I don't, I don't really know anything yet, and <laughs> she must think I'm an idiot, and I'm new, and she must be thinking, oh, I wish I had like Julia Roberts talking to me. <laughs> Julia Roberts is one of our um, seasoned presenters that's been there yeah. for 26 years, and you know, so I've got my own little conflicts going on in my head. Um, but you know, it's we've great- all got our own insecurities. It's a great example of don't believe everything you think, because I, w- I would probably be similar in your shoes. I would think, is this guest thinking, why, are, why am I doing this beauty segment? And it's not with Ali Young. She's the yes. doyenne. I She's would be thinking, the beauty expert. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah, it does. It's don't believe what you think. And also don't believe everything you think. Yeah. yeah that's the right expression. And also, yeah, everyone has their own insecurities that you just, <laughs> they're dealing oh. with in the moment. I've got so many because, and I, I have a lot of people who assume one that I'm very comfortable in social situations and that I'm really confident 
I yes, I I can be, um, but I actually get incredibly anxious and nervous in a in a environment where I don't really know everybody. Mm. Um, I feel like the new kid at school, and you know, I'll walk away going, "Oh my god, I laughed so loudly! Oh my god, I'm sick! I'm an idiot!" You know, um, I carried a watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> I totally carried a watermelon, and you know, my confidence is is yes in my job, but getting getting up in front of people that scares the life out of me I can't mm. bear it you know that everyone asked me to say a few words on my 40th and I wanted the world to swallow me up it was just like mm. I just oh, thanks everyone for coming <laughs> and then and then run away and I just want to carry on and as normal um I do yeah I do still get really nervous so like you say you can't assume anything of anyone really because a lot of it can be can be a real front and they've got their own little demons and anxieties going on in the background I know that obviously it will not be identical for every situation but if you're in a uh, in a situation with somebody who is coming across as being quite scared being quite timid maybe Mm. not being very confident and it feels like you're really having to tug to get anything out of them which I think we can all relate to whether we are doing on ourselves or not is there a sort of uh, tactic that you found is universally helpful in that situation that gets you what you want, but mm. also makes the other person feel uh, loosen up or, or give a bit more? I think making a joke, you know, making them laugh, try and try and be really lighthearted about how I'm going about it rather than it being really, really um sort of factually led and here's a question bam 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 you know just firing questions at them because I think that can make them them panic a bit but I think trying to have that slightly you know bezzy matey laugh with them I think helps to relax I think laughing makes everyone relax a little bit I think well it just releases something within Mm. you doesn't it Mm. and I guess it's a cortisol release isn't it so I think something like that that's always good. I mean, in general, if someone's that going to be that timid, they won't make it onto air as a guest. I don't think Tina would pass them. She'll she'll see that they they are not ready for it. Um, sometimes it's the it's the the person behind the brand, and they would you know you want them to be brilliant because it's their product, and that it's just not going to work. So. You know, in most cases, and so, so really, yes, you do have to deal with that at the audition stage. But like I say, some of them won't make it to the to the actual channel. Um, do some you of find them... it transferable? So, I mean, I know we're sort of that was quite specific to QVC, but just yeah, as a transferable sorry. skill. Um, I'm just curious if maybe being in those situations where the stakes are quite high, mm. it's being recorded and well, not being recorded, but it's obviously live to millions of people whether you can go into a social situation and see see someone's maybe not having a good time and you can go, yeah. right, this is where I can be useful. I'm going to help that person you, enjoy you, this party. Yeah, that's, that's interesting, actually. I have been like that because if I know that I get like that and I'm nervous and all I really need sometimes is someone to take my hand and introduce me to people and do the give give a fact about each person to each other then that can be enough to to set the ball rolling um yeah so yeah so I I I would definitely 
um, help that happen. And you do sometimes backstage with the with the guests and and say, oh, you know, oh, you know, you guys are actually from the same area, and and get them feeling like they're part of the the gang backstage because it is a it's a super friendly lot of people at QVC, isn't it, in the guest lounges? So. I think it could be feel quite intimidating to someone new and think, oh my God, everyone's like really close friends. And, you know, how do I, how do I find my in um, mm-hmm. and not feel like a, an outsider? I, I, I hate anyone feeling left out. I think that's something that, I mean, that's something I deal with with my kids as well. If I see that one of their, their friends is not being included in a game, then my I, I'll have Tilda over straight away to have that chat with her and try and explain to her. Listen, you know, how would you feel if if you weren't being included in that game? It's the same with grown ups. We're mm-hmm. we're all still at school all the way through our lives. You know, you've yeah. got you've got to make feel people make people feel included. That's my my personal take. And I know you just got to hope. You've just got to hope that a uh, friend of the show, Abby Cleave is in the dressing rooms when you do your first show because she will make sure she's like the mother. She will. She will. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. She'll make and, sure that you know everything. And everyone like that, Fiona from, for, you know, who represents Declior and, and Keely from Elemis. I'm thinking of obviously all the, the beauty guests just because I know that's, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of your background. Um, and they are the warmest, warmest bunch. So, yeah, you do. You know, and like you say, they, they're there to teach you the ropes. Like Abby yeah. will, will go, right, this is how this works. And this is who you need to speak to for this. Um, so, you know, I think that's my ethos with people in general is make people feel included make them feel like they are meant to be there because I think if you leave it leaves someone feeling like you say on the outskirts they're on the outside there it's it's a really horrible place to be it's not a nice feeling Mm -hmm. is it what about if you have somebody who and I'm sure lots of people will relate to this whatever their job is you have somebody who comes in at a 10 they come in at a 10 they come in full of (laughs) beans they are all energy it's like it's wonderful but it's draining yeah and I you said something really interesting to me about those sorts of guests because you said it and I can see it it's so easy and I'm very much the person if there's someone in the room who's being hyper I go up and meet them I can't help it I'm just like I want to come on that ride too it's really hard not to yeah you were saying you've had to train yourself to actually remain I mean, you maybe you might come Fairly up to a neutral. five or a six, yeah. but you ha- you can't go up to their stratosphere. 
this is it and there's been times when I haven't managed to and uh, you know <laughs> for, for example and I mentioned her the other day and you've had her on here as well she's a friend the of the show amazing Mally who I love her is a 10 all the time she is a whirlwind of energy she's incredible she's infectious her laugh makes you just oh you're just all in the same party when when Mally's in the room and but I do know that if if I go go up there, my laugh gets really loud and it gets really high pitched sometimes. And you know, I think, oh gosh, at home this must be quite a lot. You don't want to <laughs> you, you don't want people to to want to turn over. So sometimes I do try and just bring it down. Like you say, if they've gone to a ten, I'll bring it back down to to, to that five. And I might just have your a, energy, not them. Just That's, mine. Yeah. yeah. I don't want, I'm not I'm not pouring water on on them in any way. You know, don't rain on their parade. I just I know that I just need to calm it down a little bit. Because also you'll lose control of the cell. And if it all just becomes a big free-for-all, you know, laugh fest, then you're you're forgetting about the product. And sometimes you do, and your producers in the ear and they're going, pulley, back to the product, come on. And you're like, all right, I've just been told off. Okay, right. But you know, <laughs> but you know what's quite funny is that all of the all of those outtakes that you see of live TV are when that's happened. Yes, and they are hilarious. They've and lost they, and control. I very nearly made a massive mistake uh, when I was on uh, the lunchtime show, oh, and yeah. I and I heard and I heard what I was about to say, and so started laughing because I realised, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I didn't say that on air, but it kind of ruined it for me. <laughs> I'll tell you exactly you what it, it was because it's. I tried re- it's because Chloe was next. Chloe Everton. So listeners, Chloe, Chloe's oh. very much like she'll pick up your energy and she's got such a sense of humour. But what it was is we she were, will run with it. The lunchtime show. There are four brands. Or there, I don't know if it's still the same, but the four brands, two presenters, and so everyone sort of using everyone else's product. And there was a, a hair removal device that had two different types of attachment, and there was a narrow and a wide. And so I was yeah. there sort of miming along, not really paying any attention because it wasn't my son. And then someone said, Emma, which attachment do you have? And I had the wide attachment on. Yeah. And I was about to say, <laughs> I think I've got, on. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard it in my head and I caught it. Oh, when that, that, but that kind of stuff does get said. I have done it a million times and in, my and in my ear they are falling apart and I'm trying not to lose it I mean it depends who you're on with I mean again if you're on with Keely from Elemis she has got <laughs> the most brilliant naughty childlike humor <laughs> and you 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 cannot hold it together and and it has happened I mean it made the news once when uh, <laughs> it was her and Chloe I'm not going to say what it said it was semen <laughs> she said semen, instead, of, instead, instead of serum serum and you you can't help it, but you know those are the things that make working at QVC so much fun. And actually, the audience generally love it. If something mm. you know they're laughing at home too. That's what and, I mean. Must be the challenge because actually that's the stuff that is really engaging. Yes. But actually, your role is to navigate a path where that happens infrequently. Yeah. And that means that actually there's a sense of control. And I guess I, I guess it's this fascination with me of understanding people, reading them, and mm. then being able to get the best out of them. Because you might have, in a day on air, you might be talking to somebody who's talking about an anti-aging cream, somebody yeah. who's talking about some jewellery, somebody who's talking about a pie, 
Yeah. The amount of times I, mean, I wanted I mean, to eat one of those pies. Oh, like they the, are the variety. Best pies in the world. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, my friends were laughing yesterday because I'd got back and, and they'd said, you know, what did you do today? And I said, oh, I had a gardening show followed by diamonds. And they were like, what? <laughs> you know, you do, you just go from one extreme to another. You take one hat off in the gardening show and you move into luxury diamonds of, you know, pieces that are a couple of thousand pounds. I mean, it is such a different energy. And it is funny when... Okay, so talk to me about that, because I think that's what's really fascinating. Okay. Is the fact that you almost have to adapt on a on a knife edge, literally. It goes from 59th minute in the hour, and then you're at yeah. minute one. And you have to have gone from being the character who will, you know, get up to her elbows in compost yes. <laughs> yes. outside. And then she's run inside, and she's like, and now for some refined... Jewelry, Elizabeth Taylor. But you've just done exactly what I would have to do. You changed your voice. It's as simple um, as that. So you go in from, oh, we've got solar garden lights and blah, 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 and aren't, you know, and isn't this all fun? And the gardening guests are all, you know, such characters. And then you come in, and often it's the music that's changed your your mindset anyway, because suddenly it's gone into this lovely da -da 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 -da, diamond moment <laughs> music. And, you know, it, the camera comes to you and it's, Welcome to Luxury Diamonds. And that's it. <laughs> You've just completely changed the tone. But that's actually really interesting because it's just made me think. I've talked a lot on this podcast about how I use music to pep myself up. Yes. So uh, on Friday, we had technical difficulties. I was very frustrated. I could feel myself getting in the doldrums. So what did I do? I put on some Little Mix. Did I was you? like, no, I'm going to be a warrior. <laughs> I'm going to fight this. <laughs> um, but equally, every now and again, when I've got methodical tasks mm. for example that require a lot of brain power I might listen to some very easy jazz yeah I mean <laughs> but it's so actually what you're that's a really useful tip for listeners because it's about slowing down and you can actually mechanically do that yeah. with actually just listening to something for a, a minute definitely and you know that's that's the thing that that can help change your mindset completely you know it's like on a sunday morning i'll stick on madeline peru because i want that lovely you know i like to swan around the house pretending i, I don't know what i think i'm pretending to be but you know i just <laughs> i just want that vibe you you create that vibe and you can do that with music and you know again you can do that with the with the guests that you're on with and the people that you surround yourself with i mean what's there's a saying isn't there about you are a certain percentage of the, the friends that you have around you you know it's oh you're the average of the five people you spend the it. most time with that's my favorite one of my that, favorite it's a really good it's really good saying isn't it and it's so it's it's whatever is around you it's the environment that you're in do you feel safe do you feel content does you know if if you don't what can you change to make make you feel better I mean I guess this is a bit like more, more your feel-good habits but you know ch changing the environment around you and and so obviously you know everyone listening is not working in shopping television but no matter what situation you're in you can change the vibe and you can change your pace your breathing your tone of voice you know it's the same with with my kids again you to get the best out of them I sometimes have to change my tone of voice you know that I know that if I go at them with a angry shouty mummy voice that is not going to give me the reaction that I need because I'm going to have you know two kids that have just got a fright from mummy and, and th then they're in tears and that's that's not a positive thing so there's definite ways to 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 create a, a positive just to turn everything into a positive direction I think. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's fascinating. Did you, I, I definitely have noticed, I uh, watched this amazing model and I won't necessarily say who she is because I'm going to be critical now, but she's got a great YouTube and I like her. She's beautiful. Her tips are amazing. But when she puts the camera on, boy, does she talk quickly. Okay. And I now have got to the point where I can only tune into the speed and sort of how frenetic it is. Yeah. How important is it whether you're how important is it to control the pace of your speech and how does that affect mood and the people around you? Well, I think firstly, if you're, if you're talking too fast, people aren't taking it in. They're not listening. And it, 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 it is a turnoff. And you're also wasting, you're wasting what you're saying because it's, like, like I said, it's not worth listening to because it's just too much being, being thrown at you. It makes me anxious if someone's, really talking too fast at me and and you know you feel like your head's kind of going backwards and you, you, do you know what I mean I just I just want yeah, to distract be... myself a little bit here <laughs> um I thought what your second part of the question was but um I think yes it is very very important the tone and the pace of of the way you speak and I think that goes for any kind of public speaking and who you direct your 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 voice to and you know everyone's I think any public speaker will say to lock eyes with somebody, pick a couple of people that are in that audience and, and lock eyes with them because you are, it, it gives you, I think, some kind of gravity and makes people feel engaged that they're being made to feel important. Mm. And I think you do, you, you do need to make the, the other person feel, well, important and good about themselves and that they are worth listening to. Um, it, you know, sometimes you do get a bit carried away and excited. And of course you do end up speaking quite quickly. I know I can, I can talk too quickly. Sometimes I could feel myself speeding up then actually. It's like, no, slow it <laughs> down. Um, what about, I'm curious, and this is just an understanding of people. This doesn't necessarily specifically re relate to being on TV because I'm not suggesting these are the types of people that you come into contact with, but what about people who you're try you're engaging with and maybe they don't, they don't really want to be engaging. They're sort of, they're sort of nodding, and you know that they're, you know, that they're not paying attention. Yes. How how have you managed to work around that? Whether that has been through work or just life generally. Well, it's it's really hard to have a one sided conversation, isn't it? I mean, you must have learned over the years how to ask a question that doesn't have a yes no answer, because if if you ask someone a question, you're expecting them to elaborate, and and they just go yes. <laughs> and it, it, and again I'll have like someone in my ear go oh great blooming egg you know and I think oh god okay how do I get more out of them you know you do you do have to change the way you ask that question um and I guess sometimes you actually just have to to just say oh could you you know could you elaborate on that um because and you do you do get that way you just get a dead end a dead end answer and and you think oh this is going to be a long show and <laughs> yeah. you know your heart sinks you think oh no um yeah because yeah, you've talked about those eight minute cells that feel like four seconds and then you've got those hour shows that you think this is going to feel like a day <laughs> exactly exactly you feel like time's starting to go backwards and you look down at the clock and you go oh my god it's only 11 minutes past um you know, and that, and that does happen in, in most, not very often though. It really doesn't happen very mm. often. Um, but yeah, you, it, it, it's really, you've got to work on those questions that are, that, that, that don't give you a one syllable answer. Um, Cause that, that is painful as, as I'm sure you know. 
Yeah. Oh, from my days interviewing celebrities who didn't, in fairness to them, who didn't want to be interviewed. Like yeah. They were tired. And so they're just not going to play ball, even though life would be much easier if everyone was like George Clooney and just answered every question oh, enthusiastically. Yeah, <laughs> I bet he's a dream. Um, I mean, it's like, you know, they're, they're doing a press junket and they've been, they've answered that question. They've told that story about that you know that lovely little anecdote from set they've they've already told it 20 times that day mm. and it's I guess it's a bit similar to when um a brand or a guest is doing a today special value because they have done they've been in since say five o'clock the night before they've done so a, listeners, a today's special value is basically 24 hours of being on QVC but you start at 12 mm -hmm. you then come back no, it's Quite earlier early. now, Emma. We've now we now launch oh. it at nine o'clock the night before. So it's one product oh. that's the offer for the day, and it's an amazing offer, and it's on from the night before all the way through the next day until it sells out, basically, or until it sells out exactly. Yeah. So they now come in at say five o'clock the night before. They have a rehearsal at half seven. They do nine o'clock. Then they do midnight. They finish at one a.m. Then they go back to their hotel room, wherever they're staying, try and sleep with the buzz of having been on live TV. It's so hard to sleep after that. Um, and then they have to be back in at seven o'clock the next morning to do the morning show at 9 a.m. And they're on throughout the day. So sometimes you are dealing with a guest at four o'clock the following day who can who's dribbling. I mean, they can yeah. hard, <laughs> they, I mean, <laughs> they can hardly string a sentence together and that again is one of those situations where you've got to do your best to make that to, to give them all your energy and and bless them sometimes they haven't got much left in the tank and you've got to do a lot of the work for them and and just help them out and keep them going so again how do you, how do, you do a lot of over. how do you do a lot of work for someone and not have them think that you're pushing them out how do you do it and make them feel that they're along for the ride because I do believe that's a real skill oh gosh yeah I guess you'd have to ask the guests and ask whether I've actually managed to do that but um <laughs> I think sometimes you can just see that they're so grateful sometimes they will say to you I, I I'm going to really need your help on this one because I've got I haven't got anything left to give so you know that you're just going to take it by you know and, and run with it and and I think most of the time they they are gen, gen, generally generally uh, uh, grateful. I can't get my words out there either. Um, so, oh gosh, again, still keeping them included. Don't feel you know. Again, it, it all it all comes back to making them feel included. Still engaging with them and asking them the questions. But if you can see they're they're trailing off, just take it back. And how do you do all of that and still remain boundaried and still remain so that, as you said, you know, you give a lot of energy mm. in those cells. And I, I remember Abby Cleave, who obviously we've already mentioned, who's been on the show before. She said to me about QVC, she said, there is jet lag and it doesn't happen 24 hours after it happens 48 hours. So you'll go on air. Yeah. You'll probably be all right the next day because you'll be a bit wired still. It's the next day that you have the real energy dump. Yeah. And so she says, you know, you've got to protect yourself against that. But when you are working with so many different people, so many different energies, do you have any tactics for making sure that you don't get too drained? I, now this, a couple of years ago, and I've, I told you about this on um, message and message, what's wrong with me today? Um, <laughs> on message the other week. If I take on too much, and I did take on too much, I was, two years ago, I wasn't just doing QVC. I also had a mummy YouTube channel. We were part of Channel Mum. It was me and my friend. 
I would finish QVC one day knowing that I had a couple of days off, but they those days would get sucked up with brand videos, deadlines, dealing with the kids, trying to get things filmed, then edited and get it in before before a deadline. And I was losing my SH1T. You know, I knew that I was I was heading for trouble. I say no. I knew, I'm not I'm not sure I did, but it was certainly enforced in the end because I ended up in hospital with an appendicitis. I I know a doctor would say this is rubbish, but I am convinced I, I made myself sick. I'm convinced of it. I think whatever was going on in my body, whether it was build up, build up of toxins, I think it was my body's way of saying, you have to stop. And when I was lying in bed in hospital, instead of being worried or thinking, oh gosh, I've got to have you know abdominal surgery. I was just so relieved to have a genuine excuse to be in bed for the next week or so. <laughs> oh, Katie, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> but it actually makes my eyes fill up a little bit now. Um, yeah. But I and I knew that that was not the right way to be looking at this. <laughs> you shouldn't be yeah. looking at abdominal surgery and thing. You know, I know it's a standard procedure. Result. <laughs> yeah. Woohoo! But I did. I thought, oh my god, I. I can genuinely say, oh, no, I can't do that. Um, I'm in hospital. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just that I've just had my appendix out. And, <laughs> and and I knew at that point that I had to stop doing something. Something had to give. Because I couldn't be a mum, friend, sister, daughter, QVC presenter and YouTuber and all of that. I, could, I couldn't physically do it. If so, you had to look back, if you had to look back, why had you taken on all of those things? I took on the, I started the YouTube channel before I came, became a main presenter at QVC. I was a guest like you were before. And, you know, I, I knew I needed more. You know, I was, I now had kids living down on the South Coast. There's no TV down here as in, you know, there's no studios to, to work locally. And I knew I had to start something for myself. And it was before the kind of the mummy YouTube thing really kicked off, but it was already happening in, in America. And I said to one of my best friends, who's, who's a model, I said, look, we, I think we should do this. We, we can make this happen. And it all happened quite quickly. We got taken on by Channel Mom um, right near the beginning because they were new as well. And you know, we got something started. And within a year, we were, we were earning. We were earning with brand deals. And... Then the, the opportunity came to be a main presenter at QVC and I had to take it. It was the, the job that I wanted, that I was basically waiting in the wings for. No mm. one leaves that job. <laughs> not, yeah, it's true. Not, you know, very, very few people leave that job. You know, a lot of them have been, a lot of our great presenters have been there for, you know, 20, 26 years. And so I, I was waiting, I was really hoping that it was going to happen I was doing all the manifesting and you know my husband was going you know do you think maybe you should like think about something different retrain See, that, that's interesting you were manifesting all of these things yeah and was that ambition or was that it was ambition it was drive it was knowing that I needed to do something I financially we couldn't afford for me to be a full-time stay-at-home mum um, and and also I didn't want to be I, I absolutely adore my children but I wanted to have a career that was my personal choice you know perhaps that you know as we've talked about my mum I've had that massive influence of wanting a, an exciting career like she had and knowing that there's a great big wide world out there of really interesting people and really cool stuff to do I didn't just want to you know I, I wanted to do something something a little bit different and uh 
yeah, I think it was just a drive and a need to make it happen. And, you know, financially, as I said, after, after Tilda, I remember my first, my oldest daughter, um, you know, having no money. I found that so hard. I really, really struggled with that. Um, I don't have a, a husband with a high powered job. You know, he, he doesn't make loads and loads of money to, to support us completely. And I remember going down to the bank machine to get some money out to take her to a soft play. And I didn't even have £10 left in my account. And I think I just burst into tears, just thinking, oh, I can't even take my baby to soft play. Um, and I just knew I had to I had to be doing doing more. So that's when I went to, to QVC and managed to get in there as a guest. And, and that was that, that direction. And then of course the YouTube channel and then, and then everything just sort of spiraled and got bigger and better and, and fantastic, but it, but it was too much. And I know my limits and I know how much, I know, well, I know my limits now. <laughs> I perhaps didn't know my limit then. And I was surrounded by people, particularly even at QVC going, oh my God, Katie, you're Wonder Woman. How do you do this? And when, when that many people tell you you're Wonder Woman, you feel like you have to be Wonder Woman. I don't know if it's necessarily a, a positive thing to say to somebody. I know it's meant as a compliment, but it makes you feel like you've got to keep doing more and keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Do you think you knew your limits, but you thought, I'll adapt? There'll be a week where this, will be, where, where this will feel easy. Yeah. I mean, I remember I would look at our calendar. We're old school. We have like a proper family paper calendar with columns of, of everything we're all doing. And I'd be looking going, okay, I just need to get to next Wednesday because next Wednesday we haven't got anything on. Next Wednesday I'll be able to sleep. Next Wednesday I'll be able to chill out. And, you know, this was the Tuesday the week before. And I think I thought that's fine because I, I, I knew that, that that day was coming. But then eventually realised that you shouldn't be looking at, again at your week ahead and thinking, I just, I just need to get to then, and then it'll be okay. Because um, it's too much. It is. It was too much for me. I know some people can do it. I, I got to a point where I realised I can't, and I wanted to be able to have a day where I could lie on the sofa and, and watch Grey's Anatomy while the kids are at school. I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to watch rubbish on telly. I, I didn't want to feel like I had to be doing something. And deadlines give me anxiety as well. <laughs> Do you find okay, that? Okay, how are you with the deadlines? Are you somebody them. who you get a deadline and it's in three weeks' time, and you, so you spend two weeks and six days worrying about it? I'll do it the day then, before. Yeah. yeah, same. Same. I'm the same. But were you like that at school? I mean, lucky if the deadline even got met. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm very much a put it off. Yeah. But then actually, one of the things the podcast has been helpful with is I've spoken to quite a few experts who on, on various things and this has come up. And I think now what I do is I address it on day one, sketch out something, just acknowledge it. And, and even if it's just like start a note on a fresh piece of A4 mm. and then I allow my brain to percolate. Definitely. And what I find, I just revisit it every day. It's advanced, it's grown. It's literally like sowing a seed in your brain. And then by the time I do get to 24 hours beforehand, actually what I've got is quite a, a luscious harvest of what, <laughs> having just taken that time at the beginning. Yeah. So I have, I, I found that I can make that temperament work for me now. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I work quite well under pressure. I can make things happen very quickly when I want mm. to and when I know I've got to get it done. Um, if I've got, like you say, three weeks to do something, 
that, you know, I, I'm the same with Christmas shopping. I'll, you know, um, you know, in November, I'll get a couple of presents done and I'll think, oh, look at me. I am so ahead of the game. And then I won't do <laughs> anything after that. And then it'll be the day before and I'm freaking out, running around like a headless chicken. But then Nadine Baggett, friend of the show, who's been on this podcast, hmm. obviously a friend of mine, she talks about, she's like, I have, there's only one drug I'm addicted to. And it's like, it's adrenaline. Right. And she's very, and and possibly caffeine as well, because we both have a, a strong <laughs> for, for Pepsi Max. And that really is a case of, so she's brilliant. If you've ever seen her present live, mm. she's she's unbelievably incredible she's she speaks very slowly she's very she's got this great sort of physicality when she's on a stage yeah. she can draw people into the conversation mm. she is just one of the best I've ever seen but you wouldn't know it because she probably hasn't eaten that day and because she's like I'm not going to eat until I've done until I've worked yeah and she almost like gets herself into a state where physically she's probably quite taxed I'm sure she won't mind me saying this because I am very much the same so if I used to do QVC, I wouldn't eat. It would just be caffeine, caffeine, oh, really? caffeine, and then boom, hit the hit the studio. No, I and have I have to have eaten, otherwise I can't I can't oh, I can't really? function. I get I get quite hungry. I have to eat every four <laughs> hours. Like <laughs> I've realised four hours is my limit. I have to be able to have eaten something. Um, but no, I I I know what you mean there. I mean the adrenaline does keep you going. It really does. And you know, we often talk about this in our in our team about we wonder what it's actually doing to us physically because, you know, because we do three hours a day, you you take it up, you have that adrenaline, and then you come off and you you sort of crash for a bit, then you start prepping for the next hour, and then you go back on and you do it again, and and then you come back down. And yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if it's I'm not sure if it's healthy. <laughs> so you do I do have to make sure now that I really look after myself physically and mentally. You know, I look at it almost like a like an athlete. You've got to you've got to be physically and mentally fit. And that's why I knew I needed to make sure I had space for that. And now I am obsessed with going walking. I'm way more into my nutrition than I ever was. And though those are some of my tools to make sure that I'm looking after myself. Because again, I've got, you know, I've got an eight-year-old and a five-year-old. I've I've got to be there for them when I'm mm. not working. And so if someone if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, I'm not sure I've got the balance right. And I want, I want to try and achieve a little bit of what Katie's managed to mm. carve for herself since the appendix. <laughs> Do you think the first step is giving yourself permission to actually have maybe an hour, 45 minutes, whatever it is, where you say, right, that is when I watch Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. The phone is off. And that is um, I give myself permission to do that because it's just it's, as vital as going to the supermarket because it's nourishing me. It is self-care and absolutely because I used to feel guilt. And again, this is, you know, mum guilt, which you hear about a lot. If you know, I live two hours away from work as well, bear that in mind. So I have to mm. factor in a you know a four-hour round trip to 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 get back to to get back home. So if I've been at work and I've had that long car journey, to justify then going to the gym or going for a run, I I couldn't do it. I could not justify doing that, and I so I wasn't taking that time for myself. And that's what I have learned from from that year that. Um, of the appendix, which was also followed by my youngest daughter ending up in hospital, basically being treated for sepsis. So she got an, a, a lymph gland infection, and again, that maybe that year was my it was my year of, of reckoning. You know, I I knew what became 
I was what I think the world was telling me what was important. Right. Um, and I realized that I mean, health is wealth. It's simple as that. If you, as we've learned massively over mm. this wacky, crazy year, um, mm. health is the absolute, well, it's the absolute most important thing now, isn't it? Without so yeah, you, yeah. So you have to, you have to take that time for yourself, and and not be afraid to have relaxing time and going for a walk or a run or whatever it is. I believe I had Melanie, uh, Melanie, who was formerly the CEO of Spin. Uh, what am I trying to say? Spin Cycle. That's not oh, right. Yeah. Soul Cycle. Yeah. And she said something <laughs> spin on the cycles podcast. on your washing machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine a spin studio where the spin classes power power the washing machines for the benefit of the environment? I've, I've, let's patent it immediately, Katie. You are onto spin something. cycle. Honestly, a, a spin studio and a laundrette. I'm sorry. Two birds is one stone. What's this not is to great. love? Okay, I'm going to get onto company's house immediately after this podcast. Um, but she said something on that podcast, uh, or the podcast that she did with me, that really hammered home. And she said, if you see something three times, if you see, hear, notice something three times, it's because the first time it was like a gentle tap on the shoulder. The second mm. time it was like, oi. And the third time it's like a smack in the face. If you look back pre-appendix, mm. do you think that there were other signs that you sort of ignored and I I know I was ignoring it I I knew I wasn't I knew I wasn't feeling 100% happy um I wasn't doing everything I wasn't doing anything at 100% I felt like everything was was a little bit under par and I I knew that the anxiety that I was feeling because I never really I didn't majorly deal with anxiety that much before but I was ignoring it I was ignoring the fact that the ping of the email made my my t- my tummy turn because yeah. I knew that it might be something that I didn't want to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I was ignoring it. I was completely ignoring it, and it was there F- physically. It was there. Um, so oh, the other thing, yeah, I, I'd completely forgotten actually. Hormonally, my cycle was absolutely out of whack. Um, I was having, sorry, is it nice, uh, horrible to talk We talk about, about hormones okay, and emotions. Okay. Yeah, I was having periods like every two weeks. So that was also happening in the run-up. So that was that, that's prob- that was probably the biggest warning sign. That was a massive arrow. Yeah. And I was, I had gone to the doctors to talk about it. But then I had the appendicitis and, it, and then it all, that stopped. That all, It was all fine after that. So, and again, the doctor said they're not linked, but it's weird that that had disappeared. So, um so if yeah. you see somebody and they're sort of maybe acting the way you were and people are telling mm. them they're Wonder Woman, do you have, do you now have something that you might say to them? Yes. To just I, sort of, what is it? I, I will gently just say, for, for a start, if it's, if it's a parent that is struggling, then I'll, I'll say, you know, you know it's, it's okay if you're not feeling okay. You need, but you do need to share the load. Um, and I will just say to people gently, because it's people don't always want to be told, and it, it can be really unwelcome. So I will just gently say, listen, you know, ha- are you taking time out of yourself? And uh, you know, have have you? you know, I'll just say, I'm trying to think what I said said to people in the past. I know I've had this conversation. I think I will just say, listen, I 
I learned the hard way. Um, and some I won't start giving them the full <laughs> the full appendix story, <laughs> but I I will say to them, listen, if if you're not careful, your body will tell you to stop. Right. So um, I, I like I say I, I don't I don't go around telling that to everyone because not everyone wants to hear it. But if they're close mm. enough, I, I, and we yeah. get into that conversation, I will I will say something. Um, and so as we I mean this has been really interesting there's obviously so much to learn from you you have such a unique job and experience which is so so it's been so nice to chat to you but um (laughs) in the first half of the show pre-internet issues you talked about the fact that you when you were on pop idol oh god (laughs) no no don't I haven't got the video clip (laughs) Um, no I'm not gonna sing but it was seeing uh, Kate Thornton presenting that yes. and being like, oh, that's the job I want to do. Mm. And funnily enough, the day after we last spoke, I turned on the television and there was Kate. I think it was a pre- uh, an old thing from Saturday Kitchen. And it made me think, I want, are you guys still in touch? Did you ever say to her? I have I told want- her now. I've told her because she, she now, she's got a jewellery range with BB Bijou at QVC. So she's done a special Kate Thornton range. So yeah, I absolutely told her. Um, it was actually at the launch party of the of the range. And I, I did say to her, listen, it was actually you that made me get into telly. I, th- I think she was quite touched. I, I, you know, I think, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, she, she did actually seem really quite, quite sort of, yeah, I think she was quite warmed by it. Aww, and um, nice. it was really nice to be able to tell her, actually, and say, you know, I, I do this because that that's what I took from that. Um, she's great fun. She's really, really lovely energy. She's one of those people that you, ca- you, can't, you can't help but give en- great energy yeah, back yeah. to her. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people in telly are like that because they've got that character that whatever that – you know, funnily enough, X factor is that some people have, um, that just makes you feel, it makes you feel special to be around them. Um, yeah. Interesting. Well, it has been so fascinating to chat and unpick psychology of kind of being in that very intense space with somebody and having to work optimally, I think is probably the best way of describing it. Well, I hope the people that listening, they can actually find something to find in common with it as well because it, it does spill out into so many other other jobs and office situations and dealing with people it could be colleagues that that you don't get on with or that make you feel inferior mm. you know it's energy it's really about physical energy and it, it's a funny thing I've definitely said that had I not had the experience with QVC my career would probably have taken a very different turn I found it a really mm-hmm. yeah I found it a really important Maybe at the time it sort of I didn't realize it was happening, but now when I look back, I think I learned so much from the people that I met there and from the situation of being put under pressure of live TV. And, and it seems like a really silly thing, but I remember going for my not my audition, but you have like a guest induction day. Oh yeah, and you're probably there guest with about guest excellence day, Emma. Guest excellence, sorry. <laughs> and you're um, you're there with probably I don't know. I think there are about ten or twelve other people or brands there. And I remember thinking, oh, it's going to be just having that in my head of it's the outgoing ones who are going to be amazing. And yeah. actually on the day, the people who really excelled and who did the best sales were not the sort of media types that you would expect. Yeah. But they were the, so it was Maybe very, more unassuming. Yeah. And it was because actually fundamentally, what was the big difference? They knew what they were talking about. That is, that is so important. You've got to know your 
area. SH1 you know. Yeah, I know, I know. I was scared to say it. <laughs> it's yeah, true. You've got to know your SH1 two exactly. And I think what you're good at and what every presenter I ever worked with is very good at is you could tell the second somebody transitions into like a paragraph or a spiel and, you know, and I remember Alison Young saying to me once, I pulled you out of that because I could see you, you were going, you had no idea where you were going. No. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. You know, and if, if you're on with Alison Young, she, she does not suffer fools. Mm-hmm. You've got to know your beauty because if you're going to come, come at her with, with a product, she expects you to know it inside and mm-hmm. out. So, and that's why people come to QVC to watch the, watch the presentations because you get to really learn about, I mean, it was the original YouTube. It was the original um you know beauty tutorials I recently did an IGTV where I talked about and reviewed the Dyson hairdryer and I said honestly if you want to get if you want to understand this product further from what I've said you have to watch the QVC cells because that's that's where you get the best information absolutely absolutely come to so QVC that's my little advert <laughs> at the end we don't just yeah and actually in all fairness this has had this was not intended to be a big chat about QVC we genuinely yeah. were just talking about we talked about um talking about your career and about uh, getting yeah. the best out of people but obviously you know we can't help it we're, we're geeks aren't it. we exactly <laughs> Um, Katie, it's been so lovely to chat. Obviously, the links to everything that you do will be in the show notes. But thank you so much thank for coming you. on the show. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. So nice to get to get to be on it as well as be such an avid listener. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. If you would like to get in touch with me, please do email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com or you can slide into my DMs on Instagram and Twitter where I am at Emma Guns. If you want to chat to me and thousands of others, other listeners of this podcast then please do go to the show notes which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode and click the link to join the facebook group you have to answer a couple of questions agree to the forum rules but then you are welcomed in with open arms and perhaps a a, a keanu gift from your fellow group members thank you so much for listening i will see you on the next one Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.